Hey, hello, and welcome back, everyone. This is Ben Chiriboga, the Chief Growth Officer here at Nexel, coming to you with another This Legal Life podcast where we basically talk about the most important thing in legal, which is relationships, human beings, people, managing people, getting everything sort of done and settled and moving forward through human capital. Uh, the best people in the world, honestly, work in this industry, uh, and one of those people uh, is the one and only Kelly Harbor. Kelly, welcome to the This Legal Life podcast. Thanks, Ben. I'm excited to be here. I am as well. So we've gotten the chance to know each other over the last, I guess, year, two years now, maybe. And uh, <laughs> this is the first time that you're on the podcast. Um, I am uh, a big fan of yours. I've made that uh, abundantly clear, you know, uh, <laughs> to you and to anybody else who will listen. I think, uh, you know, it's fantastic what you've what you've been doing at the firm, and really, honestly, um, just your perspective and stuff. You're you're really a, a a shining star here, and I and I truly mean that. And today we're actually going to talk about a very cool topic, which is about redefining success. Some of your ideas around. Uh, success, some of your growth that you've gone to as you sort of stepped into new roles. But for any of those people who don't know you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, sort of maybe how you came into legal, uh, what you've been doing uh, at Golson Stores, all the rest of it. Yeah, tell us tell us a little bit about the history. Sounds good. So I'm Kelly Harper, the Chief Business Development Officer at Golston and Stores. I oversee marketing, business development, client service and growth, and practice group management. I had been at Goulston in a number of roles for eight and a half years, and I love it. Uh, before I was at Goulston, I was at Bingham McCutcheon, um, and that was my first foray into legal. And I started in the IT department, working as a business analyst, exclusively focused on marketing technology projects and being the translator between the marketing and business development team and the IT team that was both implementing off-the-shelf software and building in-house software. And I got to know a lot about both sides, about the tech side and the data side, and also the, the business side of what the marketing business development team was trying to achieve. And that is the place where I love to be, is that intersection of data technology and strategy. Oh, and cool. that's, yeah, that's my, that's my sweet spot. I am. Um, that's basically one of the reasons that I'm a big fan of yours. You know, I know that you came out, uh, you, you started in advertising, sort of your foray into mm -hmm. legal was really on a, on a hard data side. You're, you're a big fan of Solly and um, um, the S-A-L-I, which you'll tell me what, mm -hmm. what it stands for. I forget uh, right now exactly, <laughs> but um, it's basically mm -hmm. about data governance, data hygiene, and making sure that we're kind of using uh, the same, we're talking about data in the same way so that we can start to sort of establish standards. But anyway, that's not the point, which is you really sort of are cross-functional and uh, mm -hmm. really sort of live at the intersection of strategy, I would say people, and then the last is mm -hmm. kind of like this data part. And um, so we sort of need that right now. And that's kind of the where we're going to go is really kind of uh, bringing those three things together. Um, and, you know, and then I, and I think you're sort of emblematic of that. Um, I also now am even a bigger fan just before we get into the substance of today, because uh, <laughs> we'll get into there because I can see where this is a podcast, but yeah, but I guess you're a university of Miami, like football fan or I, something. I'm, Are I'm, you? I'm an alum. Oh yeah. my God. That's right. I forgot. Jeez. Wow. You know, <laughs> so I'm from Miami originally. I'm a huge hurricanes fan, a huge college yeah. football fan. I mean, my sister, went there um it's basically all around oh my god I forgot 
so we had that connection too. <laughs> yes. So you went to you went to undergrad there, right? I, I think. I did. Yes, right. I did. Oh yeah, I God. went to undergrad there, and so I feel like in some ways it's destiny that I ended up at Goulston because Goulston's colors are orange and green. <laughs> that is true. Okay. Well, go Canes. All the rest of it. Exactly. Um, yeah. All right. So let's see how I can seamlessly tie in the University of Miami <laughs> um, into into today's. You know. I'll I'll do this. You know, the University of Miami, I can't believe we're talking about this because we have such an international audience. University of Miami, a very famous football team in the 80s and the early 2000s. Fantastic. They've really had a bad run of it over the last, you know, 10, 15 years in terms of getting mm-hmm. back to their, to their former, quote unquote, success. Um uh, you know, everybody thinks that they uh, they need to bring back Butch Davis and all the rest of it. But yeah, regardless. <laughs> okay. So, you know, today we're going to talk about redefining success and some of the growth that you've gone to in terms of redefining success. And I know we sort of kicked this off. Um, you know, you, you've had a, a series of posts, I feel like, on LinkedIn where you've kind of talked about reframing success for yourself and mm-hmm. what does it mean? You know, I think what what's what's your interest in this topic you know what why 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 right now you know what's going on i mean i know why why right now for the university of miami football team but you know why for, why for why, why for kelly what are you thinking about these these days well there is a singular definition of success for the university of miami football that's, team that's let's be true. clear that's true. um but for me it's been a journey really since covid when my traditional view of success was really upended because I was home. Well, let me back up. So prior to COVID, I was a be in the office first, maybe be in the office last, lead by example in terms of working really hard and achievement along the way. And then with COVID, I'm home with a, an almost three-year-old at the time. Nobody else in my department had a child at that age and stage, although there were other moms. Um, And so I I was faced with childcare was closed and I had this very young child who had virtually no independence around me all the time. And so my husband also works full time. We were doing this very delicate dance of passing her back and forth so that we could each be present for the things we needed to be present for. It was incredibly taxing. And I felt like I was failing as a mom. I felt like I was failing on the work front because the way that I had been thinking about success was no longer available to me. And I, my predecessor, Beth Cazone, uh, amazing person in the industry as well, she sent everybody the book Who Moved My Cheese and early in, in COVID. And I told her that when I received it, I wanted to throw it out the window mm. because I know the story. And in the olden days before COVID, I I was a sniff. I was a looking thinking about where is it, you know, where are things going? Let me skate to where the puck is going. Yeah. And all I wanted was to go back to that. I needed the circumstances to readjust to where they had been. And it was clear that it wasn't going to be possible for some extended period of time. And so I, I told the team in this very vulnerable way, and I I was not used to being vulnerable. I I was a like stiff upper lip, let's get the job done. Mm. And I just said to people what I just said to you a minute ago, which is, I feel like I'm failing. I'm, I'm not able to keep the hours that I was keeping. 
And I, I know a lot of people in this department are working hard. They're working long hours and I don't, I'm not contributing in that way, which is the way that I want to be the way that I used to. And it's, it's, it's very hard for me to grapple with that. And it was very cathartic for me to say it. And of course I have an amazing team and everybody was incredibly empathetic and I was being much harder on myself than anybody was being on me, but it was the beginning of a rethinking of what success was and how to think about success in a different way. And so now we're in a post COVID world. We're in a hybrid working environment, some in office, some at home. Um, my daughter is now six. She's about to finish kindergarten. Um, and I have not just the traditional thinking of success on a career path, but we have social media and there's all of these things I think about what it means to be a successful mom. And, you know, there's like the, what we would say in the olden days, right? Like a Pinterest mom mm. who is doing the creative arts and crafts and throwing the amazing themed birthday party and always, you know, getting the most beautiful, perfect shots of these family adventures. And it's hard when you have a job like this to be that. And, and for, a for a while, I was trying to keep up with it. And I just have had to rethink that as well and say what, what really matters. Um, I don't generally post pictures of my daughter on social media. It's, it's a personal choice. I have no judgments of people who do, but there is a part of me that thinks I'm not keeping up and I'm not showing people what I'm doing, even if I am having a Pinterest mom moment. And so there's just this whole rethinking of what it means to me personally to be successful in these different roles that I have. And that things that I used to think of as what the, the pinnacle of motherhood or career or wife or friend were that number one, I was being really hard on myself, but number two, there's so much benefit to just shifting into what success looks like for me and what makes me feel accomplished. And like, I'm, not feeling at everything, even if I'm not wildly successful across all of those dimensions. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to give you kudos for, you know, being that vulnerable and really sharing sort of like that, uh, that paradigm that, that we all sort of go to, um, and go through, I think at different times, I, um, you know, I myself went through a very bad stage of burnout, basically around my, my twenties and thirties. And that was coupled with just quite frankly, very, very bad habits around, um, how I was treating myself, how I was, uh, coping the coping mechanisms that I was throwing into. And, you know, since that time I've done a lot of inner, uh, inner reflection, uh, therapy, all the rest of it, that's really sort of helped me. Um, but truthfully, the first problem, the first part of it was really just admitting that not everything was okay. And I think that that's kind of like what was coming across there and just actually not putting yourself in another place. Well, no, it's not that big of a deal or it's really, uh -huh. things will sort of like pass. Um, it was just kind of recognizing sort of the moment, uh, that sort of, uh, and, and sometimes these moments are coming to you, uh, they're small at first, and then sometimes they're huge crashing waves. Like in my, in my case, I was just, um, you know, like 
literally so burned out and coping with uh, very, very bad destructive uh, coping mechanisms to kind of just mm-hmm. get me through that. Uh, I knew something kind of like had to had, had to basically happen. And that's, that was sort of the wake up call for everybody just but but just hearing that wake up call seems to be really difficult at, at first. So, um, you know, I think that's just a comment. So, so where are you sort of today? Maybe we can start with that. And what's your thinking about redefining success on your own terms? Like, how, how does how, how, how are you thinking about it right now? And what's kind of Yeah, maybe we can go in that direction. Um, yeah. Yeah, I so one thing that I have intentionally been thinking about is how to stop climbing a ladder of inference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example because it, this is completely a journey and I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not at the destination. I may totally. never be fully at the destination, but, uh, maybe a month or so ago, my daughter said something to me like, well, they have a mystery reader program at school. Yep. And so the moms and dads can sign up and go and read a book to the kids. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a surprise. And we're coming up on the end of the school year. And I had signed up to do it. But she was asking me if I was going to come in and do it. And she said something like, other moms and dads come into the classroom and, you know, participate in projects and, and things. And you don't. Or you don't as much. And... I think she even said something because she's pretty smart and intuitive, which you and I have talked about before. Yeah. Like, well, I think, you know, some of those moms don't have a job or I shouldn't even say moms. I should say parents. Some Mm. of those parents may not have a job or their job is different than yours. And I, there was a time in my life when that would have just gutted me. (laughs) Um, But I, I really embrace this idea of not apologizing for my job. I love it. It's very fulfilling to me. And so while I never want her to feel like it's completely at her expense, because it isn't, I also happen to love being a mom. I I had to come to terms with this. I'm going to do what I can. And I am going to be a mystery reader. And you may not know when, but I will show up when I can show up. And, you know, again, it's a it's a process to get to that healthier mental place instead of just beating myself up for not being able to do it all, not being able to be present, saying no when the, the emails come around and say, we need volunteers to help the class with X, Y, or Z. And I know I can't be in the school that day. It's okay. It's okay. I do what I can. I contribute when I can. And you know, this idea of balance is, is sort of an antiquated concept at this point. So I, I wouldn't even call it that, but there's, there's a way of figuring out what is, what feels good, right? What are the things I can do that I feel good about? And what can I feel good about saying no to both on the work front and on the personal front? Yeah. You know, I, I, I've also gone through this journey, you know, a very similar journey to you in terms of, in terms of checking boxes journey and, and, you know, I've explored it in myself as well. And, you know, I've, it's, it's come down to one, you know, it's kind of cliche to say, but there's something very real here, which is, you know, a degree of social conditioning and sort of a, um, an outside, an outside Mm -hmm. framework for, for what is, um, 
but but it's even deeper than that because of course like we're all we're all we're all within a system with all within a framework and you know we're kind of fish swimming around in water but we don't even know we're in the water you know there's this like old <laughs> joke by um um, David Foster Wallace from like the nineties, you know, he, t he tells this joke about two young fishes swimming around and another old fish, uh, stops him and says, the water is lovely today, isn't it fellas? And the young fish keep on swimming and then they stop to each other and they look at each other and go, what the hell's water? You know, so we don't really, we don't really even know, <laughs> right. we don't even know water sometimes that we're sort of swimming in. And there's, there's one thing, but there's another thing that, you know, I had to come to learn. Um, and it's, it's directly to what you're talking about, which is allowing myself, allowing myself mm -hmm. uh, to actually have my own independent perspective, allowing myself to, dare I say it, be tired, allowing myself to, you know, admit that uh, I'm not doing okay or that I'm not doing well. Um, I just have to learn how to allow myself without guilt or shame um, or a combination of those two things uh, to really sort of like prop up. And I think that's a lot of what um, you called it the, um, the, the what of inference again? Um, letter of inference. Yes, exactly. So, you know, it's, we all use different words because we just have to find our own and that's kind of the other meta point to this. We all have to find our own way to sort of deal with this. But yeah, I love this like sort of like concept uh, about just um, allowing yourself and, 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 and seeing, you know, seeing what it is that you're sort of like carrying in, in this capacity and just, 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 just settling with that and hoping that. And if you feel guilt or shame, where is that coming from? Where, where, where mm -hmm. is it arising from, et cetera, et cetera. So why don't we... Um, why don't we take it a little bit in terms of, you know, exploring fulfillment and exploring personal mm. fulfillment and, you know, yeah, like what do these, you know, we had one pillar topic, which is, you know, what, what, how do you, how do you start to define, because I think fulfillment and what makes you fulfilled is a, is a lot of part of this. How do you start to define what is fulfilling for you after you sort of step back, you know, it seems like where the conversation is going is first you have an event and you sort of have to just wake up and not you sort of get in touch with yourself. Second is you have to allow yourself to sort of just feel what you're what you're sort of and investigate where these where these inferences, where this guilt, where this shame is sort of allowing mm -hmm. to come from. And then you can sort of start to redefine. And I think one of this is around fulfillment. And that's, I think, where we want to take it next. You want to say something a little bit about yeah. fulfillment? And yeah, what does that mean now? Yeah. So, so and, and there are two things I want to explore around fulfillment. So one is personal. And then mm. one is, as a leader, fulfillment for people who work on my team. Yeah. So for me, I've been thinking about fulfillment in um in this context i recently read this great book um and it's it i think it's called it's, it's about energy management mm, yeah right um, and it's by aaron reeves mm. and the one of the activities that are that's outlined in the book is basically rate your energy level throughout the day and try to notice patterns in when you when you're starting something and when you've completed something where are the spikes what are the things that thinking about doing something gets you excited completing something makes you excited versus the things that make you feel drained and trying to lean into the things that give you energy instead of the things that take it and 
So I have tried to think about and just pause when I have had a day where I feel really exhausted. And I just sort of reflect on what, what are the, and then you can't control everything that happens in your day. There are going to be days that are draining, no question. But just be more intentional about noticing the things that do give you energy, because that's one way for me that I feel fulfillment in my body, right? Is that I'm excited, I'm engaged. Um, you know, I don't just want to like drop into my bed at the end of the day. So thinking about those activities, mapping those to what I think is my highest and best use and trying to align as much of my activity as possible with those things. And because that's a really personal thing, the things that give me energy, the things that I find fulfilling, there's room for everyone to find that highest and best use, those moments, those activities that make them feel engaged. And and, and there, there certainly is not a one-size-fits-all. So in the context of having a team, I appreciate, especially I feel like as somebody who's in Gen X, I'm working with people who are in older generations and people who are in younger generations. And the way that our generations have even defined success is really different. And something that is the younger generations have done a better job of is, is thinking about the scoreboard less in terms of number of hours, which is a hot take in the legal industry, <laughs> but looking at the scoreboard in terms of results. And I, you know, I, I think it's important to help people figure out what is that right level of engagement some of the younger generations get a bit of a bad rap, in my opinion, about not wanting to work hard. Mm. And I don't find that to be true. Mm. I, I think it's a, it's, this is a matter of inference, right? Like, they want to have healthy boundaries. And what that looks like to some people in leadership roles is they don't want to be in the office until 10 o'clock at night. But I did. And I don't, I don't see it as mutually exclusive, that having boundaries is not equivalent or, or, or it cannot equate to somebody who wants to work hard. There are people on my team who are younger generations who work incredibly hard and work long hours when it's needed. They don't want to work in a workplace that's punishing. And so thinking about the way that each person is defining fulfillment and having that conversation about making sure people feel like they own something. Everybody wants to own something, right? And have mastery of something. And having conversations with people about what that looks like and how that can evolve. It, it makes a big difference in terms of being able to keep people in their seats on the team um, and, and working hard. Because again, I don't, I don't make the mistake of intertwining number of hours with impact. And, and job satisfaction and and all of that. So it is an interesting time to be a leader, especially with this in-office versus not, and the people who want to come back and the people who don't, and finding our way through it. But it, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a very personal conversation. And as a leader, you have to balance how can I keep people happy and engaged and also in step with, what the company's policies are. Um, and again, we're, we're finding our way and it's getting, it's getting better and more concrete, I think, as we go along in the post-pandemic world.
Um, and so you, you just have to find that line, how to balance what the firm needs with what people are going to feel like keeps them happy and engaged. And, and it's, it's, it's tough to find a singular, there is no singular work experience anymore and singular definition of success. Yeah. And so it, it is a, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a dance to figure out. I am. Um, you've brought up so many topics that, you know, I personally have been sort of weighing with. I mean, I'm right there with you I mean, for sure, 100%. And, you know, I want to put out a couple ideas and just have you reflect to them, you know, because I, I, I'm exactly in the same boat. You know, I really feel like we're dancing these days. I'll start with an anecdote, you know, so, um, somebody who uh, I'm going to be going to uh, their wedding uh, in a couple months um, is thinking about uh, quitting and starting a startup, you know, and um you know, he, a tech startup and he, th and he, and he asked me, you know, what, what, okay. So, you know, like you guys are five years in and, you know, you're at X number of people, you've gone from, you know, like three people to whatever many and all of this kind of stuff, you know, what's going to be really the problem that I'm going to run into. And, you know, I basically told them it's not going to be the product and it's really not going to be building it. And it's not even going to be building the team. The product is going to basically be, how can you meet people where they're at to help them mm -hmm. define success and also align that back to the business's goals, the business's ethos, the vision, because we are kind of in the desert right now. And we know what we've sort of left, which is everybody's in the same water and we're mm -hmm. all swimming around the same water. Instead, everybody's water is completely different. We're all in water, but we're all in different, <laughs> like, just like stun the metaphor so that, and torture it as, as bad as possible. We're all in our, in our own waters. And to, to tie that back to the beginning, you know, we all have started to realize Kelly and Ben, and, you know, we're all in our own waters and we sort of have to get comfortable with, you know, what is that water like effectively? And then you can start to sort of think about that. Um, I'm really stretching the metaphor very, very caught, but that's, you know, that's effectively what I sort of told him. It really is. It really is the, how can you start to put all the pieces together so that they actually fit mm. and know that it's, that it's very, very, uh, that it's really difficult. And sometimes the pieces don't sort of, um, don't sort of line up. So that's, that's one thing, you know, the second thing is I think that there's always this rubber hits the road and maybe we can talk about this, which is, you know, the business's expectations and growth. And then also understanding that frankly, you know, everybody, if you do things right, you know, and, and I loved what you said about kind of finding everybody's highest purpose within the business, because mm. I truly do believe this. But it's like, how do you get all of those things together? And then it also, how do you get it to point in the direction of, of where mm -hmm. it is that you want to go? And, um, and the answer is constantly, always, all the time, tweaking everything all, all constantly. Um, but, you know, this is, this is exceptionally difficult. I mean, it's almost, quote, unquote, mm -hmm. impossible. So what you're really looking for is not perfect. You're just... Get better every single day, 1% better every single day. So I just, cause I hopefully let me know out there in the comments, la, 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 let us know, does this resonate <laughs> with you? You know, this feels to be like the challenge of the time effectively sort of moving forward. Um, and I just, you know, dealing with it and trying to meet that is 
one, maybe just redefining what success is, you know, is it, are we getting better, mm -hmm. 1% better every single day? But this is kind of like, it, it feels like the question that, that I'm playing that back, but you know, does that sort of resonate with you yeah. in terms of yeah. where the real rubber is right now? Because we know yeah. that everybody has their own definition. You can be empathetic enough as a leader to sort of try to put that all in. And then it's like, how do you t build all of that and then put it in this sort of aligned thing. Some people call that culture. Some people call that incentives. Some people call that, you mm -hmm. know, just top down. Some people call that bottom up. You know, some people call it a both end of top down, bottom up. And then it also has to sort of something, <laughs> but you know, it's like that sort of thing that, that, yeah. that is incredibly difficult. Um, but, but seems to be the question mark to continue, continually, continually answer basically. Yeah. yeah, it's something that I spend a lot of time on. And for my team members, who I hope are all listening to this at some point, um, please know that I spend a lot of time thinking about you and, um, you know, how the how each of you is contributing to the firm and, you know, what how you can continue to grow and stretch. And, um, and I want to continue to have really open conversations with people and just know that there will be ebbs and flows in your life about what matters to you. And there may be times when you really want to kick it into another gear and there will be times when you just want to master what you're doing and your, your, you know, personal life demands may be at the forefront of your mind for some period of time. And it's, you know, all of those states of being are okay. And so it, you know, I, I am in this for the long haul with each of my team members. And, you know, I, I hope that I'm fostering the kind of culture where we can have these kinds of conversations about what people want and need and, you know, understand that I have to respond, not I have to respond, but I will respond as a human and as a leader at a firm. Um, and it doesn't mean we can't be candid. I hope it doesn't mean we can't be candid, but, um, but that's really, it has to be the, the vulnerability that I was talking about before. It has to be a two way street. And I really hope that, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that if, if hopefully people don't have this experience, but if they do have that experience, it's like, I just feel like I'm failing um, for this reason you know, let's, let's figure it out. Okay, we can recalibrate it. Um, because most things in, you know, in life are seasons, right. And, um, this too shall pass in general. So I just don't want, and I, I think it's something that the world is really going to grapple with is, is how to have these types of conversations. And it's one sort of silver lining of COVID is that the, the blending of personal circumstances and work I do feel like people became more comfortable bringing their their human self mm. to work and not just the employee self. And that's something that I am trying to help stick around because I think it's really healthy. Um, but it's not always easy. I mean, I was really, I was at the breaking point when I shared that I thought I was failing. It was like, I can't keep it inside any longer. Um, and so I, I also recognize that having the kinds of conversations about the place you are, the place you want to go, oh. 
Um, sometimes it's easy and it's very forward thinking and positive, and sometimes it's sometimes it's about where people are yeah. right now. Yes. All right. I want to I want to double click on this because I. I was at, um, we're recording this on June 9th, 2023, um, for all those future listeners over there in 2050 who are definitely going to be listening to this. But, um, <laughs> so I just got back from Lasso, a legal sales service organization, uh, their rain dance, and I had the chance, uh, I had a fantastic dinner with um, another senior executive uh, within the law firm, and we were talking about this idea of leadership, vulnerability specifically to try to engender these sorts of, to try to engender these sorts of uh, conversations. And, you know, this is a person who similarly, you know, believes in, in, in the credibility of, and the kind of conversations that can come out of that by virtue of, uh, by virtue of being able to have those kind of conversations at the same time, at the same time, you know, it, it had become increasingly difficult for this person to also get the motivation out of people because of things <laughs> like, you know, sometimes being too vulnerable sort of back, it, it comes back on you. Sometimes I know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. not exactly being taken advantage of per se, but uh, you know, it can be, it can be abused in this perspective and balancing this still comes along. You know, you, you lead with your heart, you know, Brene Brown, what's up? Like out there, we all get this and all the rest of it. Like snaps, I, I got your book, you know, I read it and all of that. And it's like, how do you keep a combination of distance and mm-hmm. respectability? Because that, that resonates. Um, vulnerability, meeting people where they're at to give them a place to need while also still while also still being flexible enough. There's no answer, duh, obviously. It's like all of this dance all at the same time. But you mm-hmm. know. This person that I was talking to was leaning back to this idea of a little bit more stiff upper lip, a little bit more solidness, because mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. I think that this is like the thing, which is how do you meet people where they're at based on where you necessarily need to go? And I'll just throw in one last thing, which is ever since sort of stepping into leadership roles has really been something that I've started to get really involved in, which is the idea of adult development and adult psychological development. And Mm -hmm. the human being is a wonderfully, wonderfully expansive thing. You know, I mean, what we do now is so incredibly different than 5,000 years ago. Look at what we can do. But the point is, is that there's a lot going on inside of us. There's a lot of different stages Mm -hmm. of development and ego development going on within us. And sometimes we regress, sometimes we move forward, the better of our angels or whatever that phrase is, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a devil and an angel inside Mm -hmm. all of us. And it's not only that, there's multiple different angels, multiple different devils. And, you know, we're all getting activated by many things. Anyway, you know, adult development is a very, very fascinating field uh, for more leaders. I I hope to like pass this along to people and and give them this tool because Mm -hmm. it really sort of sees that people can be at different stages and what they can resonate with at different points in times is just dependent on many things. And again, everybody can do many, many things, but it's also about center of gravity and all of this kind of stuff. So I guess the more targeted question is, you know, it's like, how are you thinking about this balance between, you know, setting, setting standards and being malleable, meeting people where they're Mm -hmm. at while calling them to Mm -hmm. their highest thing, how do you how do you make space for people to continue to grow 
while also admitting that you are not at a stage where basically you meet meet things, but also maybe you could be, but not now, et cetera. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you get it, you know? And I mean, yeah, there, there's yeah. this whole thing. And I think that, you know, to tie this back to what I think, you know, I think it also is deeply personal from the, from the leader's perspective yeah. and how you're sort of thinking about this philosophically and interiorly. So yeah, I don't know if you have any, any questions around that or any thoughts around that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, it's um, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. There, I, I think you said there, there's no answer, and you just have to sort of learn by doing. And when it comes to vulnerability and engendering it, and and also giving it, it's you know, it's a bit like it's a bit like dating, you know, like you. You want to sort of, one step at a time, reveal something. And if you've been super stiff upper lip, then you want to go relatively low stakes with what you're revealing. You don't want to, like, jump into the deep end with something that's incredibly personal because you'll see people will get really uncomfortable. Like, we didn't know anything about you, and now we know this deep, dark secret. So you... you And if you do it in a gradual way, it's easier to throttle it back up. Or to throttle, to throttle it down a little bit more, you know, as opposed to like if you're sort of heckle and hide about it, right? right? You, have to, you have to sort of be in a place where you're probably not going super high and stuff upper left and super vulnerable. You're kind of in the like I know when to use it and, and what's appropriate, and that will give people a sense of okay, she revealed this. That's personal. that's personal. I can reveal this. That's personal. And then you kind of, as your, as your trust builds with sharing that type of information, then you can go deeper. But And it's not going to be the same for every person. That is also an individual relationship-based thing. Um, so it's, it is. It's an ongoing conversation. Um, and you just have to really put that EQ into play. Yeah. Totally, and, totally. And, and see what you're getting back. And and bringing it back to the topic yeah. of thinking about, thinking about where people want to be in terms of fulfillment. And there, there's generally more than one path to success. You, know, you don't have to think about it in a linear way. And so, again, you know, having individual conversations, thinking about what really lights people up. And if you can't offer this, maybe you can offer something different you know maybe it's more professional development as opposed to uh you know advancement at a particular time there you have to sort of think about all the tools in the tool belt on a one-on-one -on -one basis so i want to i've taken a lot of your time and this has honestly been a fantastic conversation i mean i feel i feel better walking in it's friday afternoon you know i feel i feel more <laughs> more 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 confident with you know kelly's thoughts behind my back moving into moving into monday morning so let's 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 kind of get this out of here nice and nice and smoothly and i think let's pick up with the idea of sort of regressing back and sometimes some of the challenges that come up with sort of being in this state you know this isn't easy and it's not easy to sort of be in this be in this this sort of frame of mind where let's say you're allowing yourself you're allowing yourself to rethink about what success means all the rest of it you mm -hmm. know what what obstacles and what challenges sort of can come up in this capacity toward yeah just just being be, being in that sort of frame of mind and and kind of um yeah 
thinking about your fulfillment, leaning into your personal goal of or your 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 particular uh, frame of success. Um, just just hearing that voice. Sometimes it's very easy to shut that up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us, um, myself, totally. You know, for for twenty something years of my life, I basically didn't listen to that voice in a really in a in a very significant way, and it cost me. Um, yeah, it cost me uh, in, in serious ways, and I'm glad I did. But yeah, anyway, so maybe we can go yeah. there. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest the biggest the biggest obstacle for me at this point is reminding reminding myself to to not get not get set back when when it's very tempting to fall to fall back into a traditional definition of success. Yeah. And, and I, 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 I mean that on the career front. I mean it on the, the personal front. You know, I, I mentioned earlier when my daughter gave me that line of you're not at school as much as the other parents. It is true that not long ago it really would have set me back. And I would have felt like I needed to really double down on being a parent. And so it's these are... You know, long-standing definitions of what, it means of what it means to be a successful parent, of what it means to be a successful career person. And, and so it, it is just, it's very tempting to want to go back to those and say, you know, I need to be working in the office longer. I need to be putting in more hours. Um, you know, I, I can't cut out and, and take my daughter to lacrosse practice. You know, I, I need to stay. Maybe I can get somebody else to take her. Um, it's, it's reminding yourself how you're defining success and the choices that you're making and feeling good about it instead of falling back into the old track that plays in your mind. I, I think that's more the internal, um, friction is harder for me to overcome than anything that I would feel sort of externally because it's, you know, I'm reminded of this, one of my favorite quotes, um, I'm pretty sure it's Eleanor Roosevelt who said, no one can make you feel inferior mm. without your consent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, and I, I, I think about, I that, think about that all the time. You know, it, you know it, it's the ladder of inference. It's, it's somebody, somebody says something, says something and I can decide take what to take said, what they said and think, they think I'm not working hard enough. They think I'm not good at my job. They think this, that, the other. Or I can just say, this is what they said. And here's how I can respond. I don't have to internalize it. I don't have to rethink what I'm what I'm doing, what I'm prioritizing. That that for me is the the thing that I again I don't think there's ever a destination. I think it's always going to be a a centering, a recentering. But but it gets easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I um whenever I was starting this journey, I it, exactly I was thinking about this idea of um of falling back and regressing and, you know, tips and tricks and stuff. And at some point I found like stoicism and all of this kind of thing, that whole practice of something. And, you know, they had this one particular practice, which is, um, uh, you know, zooming super, 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 super far out. I love the Eleanor Roosevelt quote, like sort of things like that are Mm -hmm. such a warm blanket. They had this other thing, which is zooming all the way out and sort of just 
getting so much space from the loudness of the voice, whether or not it's your own internal talk track, whether or not it's you know an exterior voice, whether or not it's the expectation of the of the thing that you've put on yourself or other, you know, zooming so so far out and seeing how small that voice basically becomes once you just mm-hmm. get out of your own sort of internal globe effectively and doing that sort of on a daily basis because it's it's another word it's just perspective right it's a really about regrounding yeah. perspective and having perspective that allows you so you know i um you know i love this idea uh, um about just being able to zoom out and get sort of a fresh perspective and yeah i know that that's mm-hmm. helped me immensely not sort of fall back and ingress in that capacity um yeah so i wanted to sort of leave with that what um what didn't we cover? What 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 else what else did you want to say? We're sort of I think, you know, we've really gone into a, a bunch of different chains. You 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 know, you've shared so much and I think uh, these are the sort of topics that uh, that I hope to have whenever it comes to sort of relationships within the legal industry, but this is just relationships with mm-hmm. life including yourself. Is there anything else, you know, that that you feel like you want to want to leave us with? I I you know, I don't I don't think so. I I think something that I've found found, when I've I've posted on LinkedIn a little bit about some of this stuff and it tends to get get a lot of traction. traction. And I don't, I I, I say that because I I think it's something that people, a lot of people are dealing with is how do you define success for yourself in the fact that so many things have changed in the way that we work and the way that we live between generations and I think I think it's just it's a healthy thing to take stock of on a periodic basis and so I what I hope people take away from this is number one if somebody's mastered it amazing but most of us most of us normal people haven't and and it's still worth trying and you know trying to to find your perspective um because you know the world is a crazy place, mm-hmm. and you've got to find, you've got to find some some way of of coming back to your own sense of, as we said, fulfillment, um, of satisfaction of what success means to you. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, a Zen master would say the master knows that there is no mastery or something, right? And it's just basically a process mm. and a journey and a constant journey, right? A a loop. Yeah. A yes. loop, a loop, a loop every single day, a loop yeah. starting again, starting again, starting again. You wake up every single day and in some sense you are no and this is again like the paradox, you know, if you if you keep on asking the question, you will realize that there is no end and every single day is a new beginning. So you're making so much progress, but you're never really progressing because you're always just starting right. again right. every single day. And <laughs> right. of course this is like I mean Life is so strange, and uh, and and the, and the interior life. But you know, I think this journey is probably more important than any other journey. And if you really want to define success, it's always constantly redefining success or something like this, right? Yeah. That's that's really it. Um, exactly. Kelly, I really want to thank you for sort of coming on here, being vulnerable, um, really sort of talking talking your truth, and these sorts of things. You know, are just so difficult and so amorphous. But um, but at the end of the day you know, even 10% better, all of us asking these questions, even 10% more would dramatically shift the course of life. Somebody explained that to me one day, which is like, you know, it's not, 
it's not everybody needs to get someplace or we need to totally shift. It's just mm -hmm. a lot of people need to do a very, very little amount. And that literally changes the course. A five degree change, you know, stupid analogy like a boat, but uh, you know, I know I know somebody's <laughs> going to uh, I know somebody's going to sailing camp. So there, right. <laughs> there we go. You know, if you change the course uh, five degrees, you know, over some long period of time, you will literally end up on a completely different trajectory just over some period of time. So it's like small increments mm -hmm. over some poor course of period of time. And then, you know, if you if you do that across an entire population, across an entire firm, across an entire city, across a state, my God, you know, it's like there's um, there's a lot there. So anyway, this was incredibly inspiring on a uh, on a beautiful Friday afternoon. So thank you so much for, for showing up. Thanks, Ben. It was a pleasure to be Until. here and, and talk about some good yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We will be back with another This Legal Life podcast. If you like this, please like, subscribe, la, 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 algorithms, all the rest of it. And yeah, thanks so much to, uh, <laughs> to Kelly. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care. <laughs> <laughs>